It's April 6th, and welcome to Doing Life, Daily Devotions for Finding Peace in Stressful Times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name. Today's topic is Meet in the Middle. In essentials, unity. In doubtful matters, liberty. But in all things, charity. Variably attributed to St. Augustine, John Wellesley, or others. Recently, my daughter related to me the gist of a discussion she had had with our then five-year-old granddaughter. It seems that on a beautiful evening last fall, Allie wanted to go outside after dinner and play for another hour, even though the sun was setting. My daughter told her that no, she had to take a bath, get her pajamas on, and then they could read books. Her five-year-old looked at her very seriously, folded her arms in front of her on the dinner table, and said, Mommy, couldn't we just meet in the middle on this? Of course, the real difficulty for my daughter and her husband was to keep from laughing so hard that they injured themselves. It is interesting to me that in a society where tolerance is roundly agreed to be the societal goal most treasured in the 21st century, that compromise seems to have fallen by the wayside. Last fall, long before the pandemic refocused our priorities, there were students who not only boycotted speakers who held different political perspectives, but actually had episodes of violent protest. Really? Now even our college campuses seem to value tolerance and diversity, as long as that applies only to ethnicity and skin color and not to opinion. We have a Congress so polarized that they are viewed largely with disgust by a population whose own reasonable moderates seem to have been screamed into silence by the radicals of both left and right. What's happening to us? What happened to political discourse that leads to solutions via, you guessed it, compromise? Perhaps the problem is that the issues over which the most vitriol is spewed, like gun control, abortion rights, and illegal immigration, all are viewed as moral essentials with regard to our opening quotation today. I have many acquaintances who fear the slippery slope in approaching any of these controversies. They feel like giving any ground at all will result in an even worse societal norm. What is worse is that people have begun to denigrate the characters of those with whom they disagree, rather than trying to counter their arguments on the issue. We saw this widely in the 2020 presidential campaign. For example, if two people differ on any of these hot-button issues, for one to then question the patriotism or even the fundamental sense of morals of the other is a common occurrence today. Abraham Lincoln said, "'Discourage litigation.'" Persuade your neighbors to compromise whenever you can. He was undoubtedly echoing a directive from our Lord in Matthew 5.25. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way. Take a quick look at the following relevant scriptures as well. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
Proverbs 15.1. Don't give in to worry or anger. It only leads to trouble. Psalm 37.8. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Ephesians 4.26. The tongue is a blazing fire, seeking to ignite an entire world of vices. James 3.6. Give the devil a foothold. That's a key phrase. What does Satan want to do again? He wants to deceive and destroy. He is a murderer and a liar and the father of lies. So when we defame the character of someone just because they hold a different view, it's very likely to hurt them and make them angry. We give the devil a foothold. Then they may have a tendency to fight fire with fire. Pretty soon, instead of figuring out how to put out a house fire, you're both siphoning all the gas out of your cars to throw on the fire. That results in two things happening. The building burns down, and neither of you are going anywhere. St. Augustine wanted certain things to be inviolate. Christians must be united in their belief in Christ's divinity, his atoning sacrificial crucifixion, and his resurrection, for example. These are non-negotiable. That's what he meant by in essentials unity. Now, does the wine actually turn into the blood of Christ during communion? Does a rapture really occur before the second coming of Christ? And does that happen before or after a period of tribulation? These are just a few of hundreds of things that Christians may seriously disagree on. They are free to believe whatever they like if it doesn't affect the gospel itself. That's what he means by, in doubtful matters, liberty. But what the author of this quote, whether Augustine or John Wesley, really pleads for is the final phrase, but in all things charity. That means that when you disagree on how to handle immigration, you can agree to disagree. After discussion, without calling names, without insulting the other's intelligence or patriotism or even common sense. Because if you can't do that, eventually you will be doing more than giving the devil a foothold. You'll be holding the door for him and directing him down the red carpet you've laid out that leads right to the middle of your heart. When you think your disagreement is about essentials, and there is just no room for disunity, perhaps remember Aslan. Aslan is the great lion, the Christ character, in C.S. Lewis's seminal work, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, book one of the Chronicles of Narnia. When Lucy asks if the lion is safe, Mr. Beaver responds, Safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. What that means for us Christians is this. He can defend himself. We should argue our positions rationally, but when the one with whom we disagree remains unmovable, then move on. Shake the dust from your sandals, the Bible says. God can handle his detractors by himself. He's a big God, a very big God, in fact. It turns out that my five-year-old granddaughter had listened to the song The Middle by Zed, Morris, and Gray about 50 times that day, so her exclamation was slightly less than miraculous. However, even a five-year-old was able to intuit the meaning and then apply it correctly to a situation where two sides had a different opinion. Maybe we could all Spotify it next time we get hot under the collar and instead of giving him that foothold, slam the door in the devil's face for once. Dear Heavenly Father, you are the creator of the universe, the Almighty. Feel free to remind us from time to time that you can defend yourself. Let us depend on the Holy Spirit to lead others to truth. And realize that it isn't really our job. You've asked us to love. 
not to convince. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.